Ugh, man, I'm getting fat, and I don't mean the P-H-A-T or a motherfucking P-H-A-T-T-Y. Thank you. I <laughs> get it, T-Y. Hilton, woo woo. Um... <laughs> reduction or a spot yeah so uh, apparently speaking of uh, it's brought to my attention that Sexy Red had a baby shower I guess and uh, her boyfriend decided to get on his knees and eat the booty right um <laughs> In a public post, which is kind of weird how stuff like that doesn't get blocked on these social media sites. But, you know, if you just say a couple words or if you're like the Mark Bell Power Project podcast who's been doing it for like literally 12 years, has over like thousands of episodes, close to a thousand plus, and somehow their channel gets removed from YouTube, but Sexy Red, boyfriend, baby daddy, can be out here eating that brown, um, (laughs) she said it, not me, said some comment about the, oh, well, see about, uh, sorry if it has a little tang or a little taste to it. it doesn't um and you know you just find like my girlfriend showed me that (laughs) laughing i'm like you know what you see things now nowadays you're like i can't even like what do you want me to say like i can't be mad at it the man you know what he voluntarily did that you know it's weird it's odd the fact that he's willing to put that allow himself to do that or be put out there you know that's on him you know i I can't be mad at it, you know. Do I even take pictures with you? Um, (laughs) I don't even take pictures in general. You think I'm going to be seen doing that? Um, (laughs) uh, I mean, if you want, you know. Um, (laughs) You know, man, I just don't get people, you know. It's cool. It's one of those entertaining these memes and comments of like Eddie Murphy in a movie doing some type of like old grandpa look type of thing like oh uh, you nasty um <laughs> but you know what I'm a you know what I'm a big fan of sexy red I gotta admit you know she's got a nice uh energy to her she's got a nice character Let's just say you know I like her personality I've seen her do an interview with a uh, on Barstool one time with on Sunday conversations. It was actually quite it was actually quite funny. She actually seems like a normal funny person. And I think a lot of that extra stuff's for image, but you know 
my uh, self-image of my tum-tum is making me feel like a bum-bum, which if, uh, I guess is what, you know, he likes anyways. But you know what? It's weird. Like us guys, we say, oh, we like the, we like the ass. We like this. We like that. But then we're like, hey, I'm not putting my mouth in that. And like, but all you guys are glamorized, mesmerized by our asses, but you don't want to eat it. You know, imagine if like some girls like complimenting, like, like, oh my God, like your chest, your shoulders, and all that stuff. And you're like, hey, that's great and all. But even in our most intimate moments, do not touch any of those parts. You'd be like, what? Okay. Like, if it's a good feature of yours, let them put their mouth on it, you know? Um, <laughs> hey, look, if you are going to be obsessed with a woman's ass, you better be willing to eat it. I'm not saying do it on camera or for people to see, but I think if you were going to be one of those mesmerized by the ass dudes where you can't control yourself when a woman with an ass walks in or is around you, you better be willing to eat that shit if she wants it, you know? I don't think that's crazy. You know? I mean, unless she doesn't want it, then, you know, by all means, just concede to her wants and needs. But I think... If you're going to be like, I just can't stop looking at ass, you better be willing to, you know, give a little snuggle. Um, <laughs> better be ready to drench it like Frank's hot sauce. Um, <laughs> uh, but now I want to be that toilet paper after. Um, but yeah, I guess moral of all that is, is if you like it, be willing to eat it and have no shame in it. Um. Yeah, these are the same people saying that shit's disgusting, but then they be out here eating canned sardines and tuna. But they want to talk about how eating sexy red's ass might be a little suspect. You know? I don't know. I don't know, is it a good quality to be a good ass eater? I don't know. I've never done it. Or have I? <laughs> no, I haven't. Um... <laughs> People be putting the weirdest things in their mouth, eating raw-ass sushi. You know, oh, but technically there's certain fish and raw fish. It's like, you know what? If, if some if some restaurant were to bring you a raw thing of salmon, you're not going to sit there and be like, ah, well, you know, they must know better. But for some reason in sushi and stuff like that, we have this thing where it's like, oh, there's certain sushis. If it's packaged a certain way, cooled a certain way, it's edible to eat raw. It's like, then you know what? Then why even cook fish, huh? If if it if it's edible to eat as is, then just eat it. You know, we have no problem eating raw objects that typically will be cooked. You know, when you're at a fucking restaurant, paid ninety bucks. And by the way, I gotta say, cause I've been to these Korean barbecue self cooking places, and it's kind of random, cause it's been a long fucking time since I've been there, like three or four years. And it was one time, and I gotta say. These places that charge you to cook your own fucking food and you have to cook your food like, oh, well, how is it different from a buffet? The food is cooked when you go up to a buffet. It's there. You just scoop it and you get unlimited amount. I have to wait for some asshole to come and they wait 15 minutes in between the wait for you get more full so you can't actually capitalize and you're all you can eat, quote unquote, Korean barbecue. 
these Korean barbecues where I'm sitting at a table. When I go out to eat, I want to do the least amount of fucking work as possible. I do less work cooking at home than I do going to a restaurant where I have to sit here and hurt my fucking shoulder going in the middle, flipping and slapping. You know, this bullshit beef filet skirt steak bullshit. It's been a while since I've been, so sorry if I don't remember every fucking meat. It's like, and it's pretty much the same price as if you were to go to Hibachi. And they actually cook the shit, put on a show. It's an event. They, you know, they do the volcano onion, the yum yum shit. And you get a great amount of food. This Korean barbecue, like, they give you minimal food. Then you have to wait. It's completely over. And you get this one little ashy dome electrical fire grill thing in your thing. And if you're with like five or six people, you all have to share this thing. And it takes forever to fucking cook. How is this a great experience? I don't get it. The fact that we have blinded and we have convinced people that it is okay to pay to go out to eat somewhere. That's supposed to be a relaxing. Something that you, I'm spending a great amount of money on. Like, I don't remember the exact price. I know it was like at least 25 bucks or some shit. And I have to sit here and cook, but I'm not, but it's like different because when you're at home and you're cooking, you could kind of like, you're in your own home while stuff's like heating up. You kind of do shit in between. You know, you, you can move now. I just have to sit here, awkwardly conversate with whoever the fuck I'm with, even if it is your, you know, lovely wife or your best friend or even your family. It's still like, then you're all just sitting here like, they give you these bland ass, small ass portions and I've got to put in the center of the universe and projectably, hopefully I cook it, right? And it's all pre-cooked anyway, so like, even if you don't cook it thoroughly, you're not gonna die. Like, it's all pipes, it's just so stupid how we are here that we actually think that us cooking the food is actually an event. Oh, this is different than other restaurants. Like, yeah, at least other restaurants have the courtesy to fucking make the food. Honestly, if I'm leaving a tip, it should be like, if it's like one of those 5% back in your cash rewards, I should be getting a 5% gratuity. To, I should get 5% of my own tip because I'm the fucking one that did this shit, you know? I'm not saying don't tip the servers. It's not what I'm saying, right? But you don't think this is just a ploy for them to have less employees actually make, cook your food? It's really just a way to save money and we're like, oh, we'll just call it the Korean barbecue experience. Okay. All right, Iron Age or whatever the fuck it is. It's not the shit on these. Like, you know what? People like it. People like it. I just don't get it. I think it's an absolute waste of time. And the food is like, meh. It's fine. Like, it's not bad. But it's not special. It's not worthy enough. You know? That's why you have paid chefs. Paid cooks. So they make your food actually the way it's supposed to be. Not just your ratchet ass at a you know public park grill just hoping open it you know over burns you know 
Yeah, I tell you, if you're with me at that place, I'm overcooking your shit. If you're like, hey, you know what? Let's play this fun game where like one person has to cook all of our food and call a little game. <laughs> all right, cool. Put all your shit in the middle, and I'm just gonna fucking let that shit till it turns dark as hell. I'm gonna cook it the same way I cook my shit at home. But oh, I didn't want it like this. Oh well, maybe you should have wanted to, you know, extend your arms four fucking feet across the table and maybe you could have flipped your own skirt chicken your own dry ass chicken at least i at least i made sure it was cooked thoroughly you would has you would somehow make a dry ass uncooked chicken which is almost impossible but some people can make dry uncooked chicken all right but you know what korean barbecue the scam that America, the real scam in the USA, not the real estate housing market, Korean barbecue. We have convinced that us, you know, people bitch about doing their jobs all day. People bitch about how, oh, I don't get paid enough. Oh, this isn't fair. But yet you voluntarily pay to flip your own fucking meat. Yeah, shut the fuck up, you fucking bitch ass. God damn it. Yeah, that was almost like, damn. See? That's the part of often be I miss. Bitching about Korean barbecue. <laughs> and I haven't even been to Korean barbecue. I always just like reminded myself I came across a short. Someone's like, oh, we had this great experience with Korean barbecue. And you know what? Maybe. I, You know, I may, maybe when I watch people have a good time at these places, that a bad that I don't get the understanding of experience. Maybe there's something wrong with me. I acknowledge that. Maybe I have a problem. Maybe I have a problem with looking at everything's wrong. These people had a great time with their friends or whatever. And I'm just sitting there like, imagine paying to flip your own meat, you know? I could do that at home in many ways. Um, some people flip houses. I flip meats. Actually, most of the time I just chop it up. Chop and screwed. Like DJ, screw. <laughs> ah, screw Korean barbecue. Not the food, but the style of us. The idea that us Americans will bitch about everything, but we will voluntarily just sit there and cook our own food while having the audacity to pay the price that we pay to go to these restaurants. Alright, but yeah. Alrighty, welcome to episode 256 of the Off of Me podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification button, most important ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to suck some titties. Uh, I just had an old Off and Beat moment. I'm going to have to do a separate clip for the channel for the Korean barbecue. Um. <laughs> Me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, recording this at 2.27 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, on January, what is it, the 22nd? Yeah, January 22nd, 2.27 p.m. Eastern for the archives. Yeah, and there's no worse feeling in the world than when you're a quarter away through your podcast and you got to take a massive massive leak and whatever comes out with it um <laughs> but yeah uh you know doing big things out here hey um 
That is my leprechaun voice. Hey, doing big things, eh? You got my lucky charm and a pot of gold. Um, <laughs> uh, white people mocking accents. Gotta love it. But yeah. So, you know, I think I, I talked about it last episode, but, you know, I got to make another shout out to Magic Mind, you know, new partner of the channel, you know, uh, Magic Mind, it's a neurotropic, it's a mind productive, productivity beverage, I think is like the tagline for it, you know, is it really a pro- productivity? Well, I can tell you from the few that I've had, it's pretty substantial how much better and it tastes all right more than all right actually like typically these green drinks you gotta be very careful they taste like absolute you know sewage water which will be my toilet after this episode but that's not magic mind you know uh magic mind gives you you know what magic mind really it brings back the real versions of me it brings back why I started this show. You know, those tangents, the things that you just got to get off your chest that maybe people don't focus on. Like Korean barbecue. Without Magic Mind, you would have not gotten that legendary rant about Korean barbecue. Make you think. You know, Magic Mind makes you think. I make you think about why am I sitting here flipping my skirt steak? It's a pretty cheap flank steak. You guys can't spend four bins back there. Well, Magic Mind makes you like, Realize shit, you know. It's a quick shot. Now look. At first, you may look at the price and be like, this seems kind of absurd, right? But the thing is, is think about how much money you spend on caffeine. Think about how much money you spend if you're an avid coffee drinker. Even if you make yours at home. You take one of these and you realize... All the benefits that the, all that extra sugar and caffeine and stuff that we consume, it's really unnecessary. So really, it just kind of replaces the cost, but it's a much more healthier, sustainable options without the crash. So, you know, um, by all means, guys, support the channel, support Magic Mind. It's actually a pretty good product, you know. You know, I wouldn't, look, I've shitted on things on here. I would not... I, I, I've given free shout-outs to shit. That I've given free shout-outs to great products, and I've shitted on products. All right? And I will continue to do so. So, by all means, if I'm telling you a product is worth your time, it's worth your time, you know? Um, so, please, uh, on this episode, I'm going to have a link to, you know, the cheapest Amazon package you can find of this. And to the Magic Mind website so you can see a full assembly of what they're about and all that stuff. And when you do that, guys, it will help the channel. I've been going at this a long time. It's nice to actually have a sponsor, a partner. And so please, uh, without further ado, go check them out. It's a great product. I've been drinking it before the past couple episodes. And I feel pretty damn good. I don't have to drink those energy drinks, which look, those energy drinks, do they taste good? Yes. But are they good for you in the long term? No. All right. So please, go check out Magic Mind. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the episode. All righty. Back to the shits and googles. Yeah. Uh, 
You know, here's the thing, right? This is often beat with Clint Nelson, in case you guys want to like, follow, comment, subscribe, and the notification bell. But most importantly, suck some titties. I don't remember if I said suck some titties, but this is their national anthem. Kind of like a, the party rock anthem, which apparently Red Foo, you know, for anyone that knows about LMFAO, this is a little side tangent. This is not the main thing I was going to get into, but um, <laughs> they were, uh, you know, a duo EDM pop techno group type of thing. You got, if you know, you know, apparently Red Foo is now like a professional-ish tennis player, or at least trying to be that he has like a professional record i think of six and nine <laughs> of course it's six and nine <laughs> of course it is um <laughs> but um you know go seen a video recently of like their breakup and stuff i think it just kind of shows if you guys want to look into it there's actually this youtuber named maddie balls i know that's weird like but it's actually like he actually does like really good commentary channel about some does like individual stories i've actually came across a few of his videos randomly and to see his channel's growth i'm always here for the growth you know so give a shout out to maddie balls you know and uh kind of going into the lmfao thing and it's kind of interesting to show like how two people can build something together but because of technical things and contracts or just because one's like the main star and stuff like that. How they can, you know, it could lead to a tendency of mistreating the other person type of thing. And I think that's human nature, right? As fucked up as it sounds. You know, it's kind of like a... For, like, I know this is kind of a weird ass comparison. It's different, but you get a similar sentiment where... There's the main guy that everyone recognizes, like the figure, and then there's the other guy who contributes, but he's kind of more the back vocalist. So really, you could say like Florida Georgia Line with Tyler Hubbard and um, God damn it, I, what's the fucking other guy's name? Which actually, the other guy in Florida Georgia Line has actually put out some good individual project work, kind of like some beachy country music. Um, Shit, because Tyler Hubbard's the guy that you hear in all the songs. And then the other guy is like mainly the back vocalist. I can't really think of it right now, but look it up. And then you'll have Dan and Shay. Honestly, don't know who's Dan and who's Shay. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I think Dan is the main guy, the voice you always hear, and Shay is the backup. And for LMFAO, it wasn't about the words it was about you know the figure the music videos the dances and it's a kind of just one of those things where it shows how when someone feels like they are the reason a group a duo a trio is successful how much like they could take advantage of that from a public standpoint and i would just say go check it out and that's not what happened with uh, Four George Lime, why they kind of separated. They just wanted to do different ventures. And honestly, you can make an argument that the guy who was the backup in Four George Lime, I think it's Brian. Uh, I'm going to look this up because it is driving me fucking crazy. And I actually like some of his songs. 
it's weird how like in a group one guy the main person sounds like like oh this guy like probably makes all the music he's the voice and all that stuff so it kind of makes it where you automatically assume they're the reason why the group is the way it is and what we don't realize is behind the scenes there's probably more of um It's probably more of a collaborative effort that actually leads to, you know, um, God damn it's driving me crazy. Yeah, but yeah, they broke up just because more they just want to go solo. And weirdly, the guy that's not Tyler Hubbard is the one that's actually, um, I would say he's actually doing a little better than him right now individually. And for Dana Shay, they're so group, but I don't know. I kind of went off a tangent. But anyways, yeah. Uh, and I guess you could tie it into, I guess, relationships in a way. Not to tie everything to a relationship, but it's kind of like sometimes when you have a duo or like when two people are together, one person just because they do the tangible things. Like, it's obvious. It could be shown for everyone to see, like, oh, they pay for this. Oh, they, uh, you know, they, they're they buying this. They're, they're visibly doing stuff for people to see because they're out there. And then there's actually the person behind the scenes, like, keeping the home clean. Uh, doing the things that aren't glamorized. Doing, uh, making sure there's a piece at home, making sure... Everything's organized, making sure there's, you know, we that there's food be taken care of, there's food being cooked, there's quality food, making sure that just around the household, things are being taken care of, the unglamorized positions, the ones that people will say, oh, it must be easy just to be the backup, it must be easy when you're not the one out there for everyone to see, and it's like, yeah, but without this, there's no structure for that to take place, for that person to be seen in a certain way. So it's like without the lyrics that maybe the backup person or the secondary person does or the instrumentals they may be in charge of doing or the sound of the music that they are actually more involved in developing than the person just just singing the lyrics. You know, men, we're just the thing about like men and women in relationships. Us guys, we are the ones that are on front stage. We're singing. We're, you know, we're playing guitar. We're doing all the stuff that's like, wow. Now that's impressive, you know. It's visible. It's obvious, like, oh. They're putting themselves on the spotlight. They're out there. It's obvious they work hard, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, sometimes it's like the other person, you know. Whether it's like, you know, not even like a stay-at-home girlfriend or wife. But, you know, like a someone that's... More of just like, they're not the center of attention, but there's a lot of things that kind of fall into the background are unappreciated. The guy who's in charge, the person that's in charge of the sound, the person that's in charge of setting up the studio, people that's in charge of making sure your microphones are working, people that are in charge of making sure that the stage is clean for you, you know, literally and figuratively. Making sure that... uh. Everyone else is doing their jobs. 
making sure that everything is in place just for you to do this one simple thing. You know, I got to admit, like, for me personally, like, I got to say, I'm very appreciative of that, that to be with someone that sets up an environment to where I can do what I need to do to be successful. Going to work, coming home, doing this, understand that I need to do X, Y, and Z, and kind of compare it to, like, LMFAO and these musical groups where it's like, it's weird how, like, you take... You just split the person we think is the reason why a group is successful. When they go do their own thing, it's just not as good or people have no intrigue because people realize the collaboration aspect to make something work. Lily is a different person. It's a whole different music, right? Now, in the terms of like Beyonce and Justin Timberlake, they knew we are the reason. We're the attraction, right? Like, we, our contribution to this sound is because we are responsible for this sound. And like with LMFAO, for example, you realize without each other, Redfoo really thought, oh, I'm fucking Redfoo. And he sold 114 copies in Australia um, (laughs) on his individual album or whatever. Because it's a whole different thing, right? So without each other, without collaborative nature that humans are designed to do, we really limit on what we can do, right? Even, you know, it's weird. Because even like the biggest podcasters in the world, even the biggest musicians, they typically find a producer that works for them. Not like literally works for them, but... That works with what they are trying to strive for. They find that and they are afraid to fuck that up of working with another producer. It's like uh, I came across this interview with Bow Wow. Uh, I think it was Vlad TV saying, you know, Jermaine Dupri told a story where like, you know, I mean, like basically when we did this together, it was on top of the world. When we didn't do something together, flatline. And so we try to reconnect. He's like, yeah, I try to reconnect because obviously, we, you know, it worked, you know. Um, <laughs> and it's it's the biggest thing that like no one can do anything successful alone, regardless of what people tell you. Because, right, even if you're not married, even if you, quote unquote, live by yourself, there is still... People, there's still access to things along the way that you're going to need to need someone's permission to even access money, right? Like, let's say you want to start a business. Like, even if you and even if you started everything with your own money, all right, well, you're going to need to get a loan for this. You have to get a loan from a bank. Technically, whether you like it or not, that bank gave you an opportunity to have access to money that you did not have at the moment. Or money of yours that maybe you have, but you didn't want to risk, and you rather risk the bank's money. So that's this thing where collaborative natures are actually typically the way to reach the goals that you actually want. Sometimes it's 
two people on a stage, sometimes people only see the one person. They don't see how the other person sets everything in their life to make sure that thing stays successful. So, yeah. It's crazy, you know. But yet, enough of that sentimental nonsense. So, twinkle, twinkle, little star, tickle my toes. And I don't know your tailbone. Just so you can finally feel what it feels like to be nailed from behind. Um, <laughs> ah, Jesus. Now that's an overgrown or an ingrown nail. Uh, now that's a now that's some flipping houses I want to do. I'll flip your foundation. Um, <laughs> it's a house of mouse. Oh, it's like when girls say, "Oh man, he built like a house." And you're like, like one of those Airbnb luxury tiny home houses, or you mean? Because you know you don't want to be built like a mansion because mansions are kind of like long and wide. You say he's built like a house. Like you want to be like a narrow three-story house, but it's like a sturdy three-story house, you know? I don't know. If you say, oh, he built like a tank, it's like, shoot or shoot. Um, <laughs> oh, shoot or shoot, get the boot. Woo, 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 woo. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I understand that's not appropriate. <laughs> but I'm a very, very appropriate guy. Yeah. Um. So you know, look, there's a lot. There's a lot out there to be happy about. You know, I wonder, like, would I ever want a Reddit page dedicated to me? It's a weird thing, right? Because Reddit pages can be a very it could create. Free a free cult for you. Like you have a fan base. Even if it's not the way you intended. Because most Reddit pages that are dedicated to individuals are typically either to make fun of them, to make memes, or to just kind of be annoyed by them as a group of people that typically passionately dislike an individual, like a Brandon Shaw, for example. Uh the fighter and the kids specifically. And I'm just using that as an example of like the downfall, but what people don't realize is that type of cult fan base, if that didn't exist, it probably has kept a lot of intrigue on him for better or for worse. Cause now like his every single thing he says is being watched, his every single move, his every single dumb thing he says is gonna be magnified. Like there's literally a channel out there, and I don't know how to feel about it. Cause you can't complain about something that you watch all the time it pops up in the algorithm and eight out of ten videos of that they post i click on it you know and all it is is kind of shitting on something that he lied about or fibbed about or something where it's like says something stupid or the way he talks sounds drunk and you know whatever lying and it's like look like it's weird because like I'm, as an individual, I am consuming and watching it just for whatever reason. And I guess more like the fascination of how can a channel or how can individuals dedicate their life to hating something 
on the level of a daily basis so much, right? It's the internet is what it is. Like they say, oh, there's no such thing as bad public publicity, which typically I don't know. I think if you know you get asked Danny Masterson of that '70s show, do you really think him being in jail for what he is is going to be good good publicity if he ever gets out of jail? Probably not. Um, <laughs> not all publicity is good publicity, but. I guess it brings attention and brings intrigue because if there wasn't such a hatred towards or a animosity towards Brandon Schaub, for example, like would, how many people would actually watch his shows? Honestly, probably not much because he's not considered, you know, quote unquote funny in terms of him being a stand-up comedian of some sort. And podcaster, like it's weird because podcasting, he's actually like you know he can he can be like you know at least okay, a lot of ways, but in a lot of people's eyes, as more time has gone on, it seems like a lot of forced humor. It seems like they literally just clock in and clock out to do episodes, and he's in the just putting so much shit out there, and it's like you know people made. Arguments like the Fire the Kids shouldn't even really be a show anymore because it really is just them react. It's literally just them going in talking about X, Y, and Z, which is what ninety percent of podcasts are. And it's always weird that podcasts that kind of have a computer and have the internet to kind of direct the stuff they talk about, right? Like it's one thing to talk about stuff you see on the internet, like I do here on sometimes. And just to have someone there on the internet like, hey, so what, what we got in the news? And they'll be like, uh, well, it says in Florida there's this drug raid. It's like, it's all these just like, they're basically going in just like whatever you pull up, Chin, which is the guy's name, the producer or whoever. And it seems like they literally just go up there and the guy with the computer posting or showing news and stuff like that are these stories of, for them to talk about. It kind of leads to what they're doing more than anything. And I know it's different from like Joe Rogan, for example, because they're talking in conversation. And when they talk about something that they want more details of whether it's true or not or whatever, or the details of a situation, then they pull, then Jamie pulls it up and then they'll like get more in depth about it. But it seems like these just rely on what's on the internet, reacting to stuff and it could kind of become, I guess, lazy when it comes to with your real interest in doing it. It's not about whether the stuff you're doing is lazy content. It's just more about, does it seem like you're just not even interested in what you're doing? You know, type of thing. And um, I think that's a bigger issue with that. But I don't know. Would you want to, like, would you want to have the uh, Reddit page dedicated to just hating on you? If it brings you more viewers and listeners, even if it's not the type of viewers and listeners you want. It's hard to say when you're making money. Like, you know what? If hatred towards me equals money, I don't know. It would be this weird thing where, like, you would have to program your mind to just be okay with people shitting on you all day. But it's easy for people to shit on you when you have a McLaren, right? 
you have a nice home and all that stuff. But it's more like how sustainable is hatred over a long period of time. I think that's the thing is like when a lot of people just hate you. And it's very one-sided in how much people don't like you. I think there's a short-lived um, window for that where that can work. And you got to really thrive on that in a few years. Because otherwise people can just get tired of watching things they're unhappy about. People always gravitate things that make them feel better or just things they enjoy more. So I think it's good. you got to be very careful with just being okay with gaining an audience and making money based off people's hatred towards you because they may dig up some stuff that actually may end your career in a sense. So, um, yeah. And I don't mean, you know, maybe it's just, I think sometimes overexposure can do that. And it's something you got to worry about if you want to do this. Is overexposure, you know, part of the mystique of when people first start stuff, when it's something new, is you don't know much about the person, but you just like them. And sometimes when you listen or watch someone for long enough you notice similar patterns you notice they say the same things they repeat stuff you notice how sometimes even stuff that they said a few years ago is completely different now how they feel and some of that could be genuine they just feel different about things or they're trying to cater and they're being dishonest they're just trying to save face and trying to be deemed a certain way and that sometimes could turn people off Sometimes it's like less is more and that's the thing you got to be careful about when you just post so much and you're so out there is that you're giving people more of an opportunity to find what's wrong with you and you're not curating a brand or an image and part of curating a brand or image is honestly within it is just about being dishonest. Even if you're not lying about anything, you're not being completely honest about certain things. You're withholding certain parts of who you really are just to be deemed a certain way. So people don't deem you a certain way so you can make more money, so you can be more marketable. And it is what it is. It's, I mean, inherently, it's not like you're lying, lying. But at the same time, you're kind of being deceiving in who you really are if it's not who you really are. And so, I don't know, I think Brandon Schaub is just an example of kind of what happens when you just get so much hate all the time. Um, so, like, I guess, like, would you want a Reddit page dedicated to you? Would you want these blogs? Would you want News Story hating on you? Would you want everyone on YouTube making videos about how much you suck, how much, how much dislike you are? Because I don't care who you how strong-willed you are. Like, that shit would turn anyone very defensive. It would make anyone kind of just look at you and be like, oh, well, no one's making videos about how much they hate you because there's nothing to even... Because you're too scared to even put enough of yourself out there to be hated. Which, there is some to that. If you were going to come out here... I And that's the weird thing about, like, criticism channels and... Stuff like that when it's just all at one. It's like if you're going to criticize people for putting themselves out there and at least putting their face and their name towards stuff. Compared to people that make channels where they literally are using a name 
that is not even their show or anything. They never show their face. But they're tearing down people in a way. But they would never show their face. There is something weird about that. That I have kind of over time been like, you know. If you're going to spend this much time dedicating yourself to how much you hate X, Y, and Z about anything. At least put your face to it, you know. I understand people don't want their face out there for protection and shit like that. But I think if you're going to make money being in the public eye, you need to be seen by the public eye. And I feel like that would change a whole lot of what we are comfortable criticizing and talking about. All criticism should be fair as long as you put your name, your face behind it, whatever it is, you know. Put your credibility of be willing to put yourself out there to be criticized if you were going to criticize someone. That's all. I don't think that's unfair uh, relinquish. And you know what people say? Well, we actually need anonymous criticism. So we have uh, whistleblowers and stuff like that to protect us. And all. it's like, okay, I'm sorry, but I didn't know that someone shitting on a podcaster you know, a former UFC fighter was, has anything connected to U.S. relations with Ukraine and if we have some underseating dealings with them. I didn't know that that person who would be commenting on that is really going to be commenting on this. It's like, obviously those are exceptions, but these are not the exceptions. It's not an excuse just for people to go and just have this constant attack of hatred towards people and I'm not a Brandon Shaw fan for example like I I mean like obviously stand-up suck um (laughs) I mean you know as a podcaster on the fighter and the kid I like him in that format sometimes I don't really watch it that much anymore but you know if you're listening to it it could be entertaining sometimes annoying but you know overall it could be a decent listen if they're talking about the right things but you know, I do feel like the Brandon Shop thing is just kind of this overkill at this point. And I think it's just like anything. It's this pile-on culture. And he deserves a good bit of criticism and piling on. But at the same time, um, I think we've just kind of gone a little bit too far. So, yeah. Yipperoo. All right. So. uh God, I gotta pass so much gas. Um, <laughs> so, gotta love a good day in the autumn, summer. And by the way, it is cold as fuck out here. I don't know about today. But you know, like, it's weird. Like, so where I live, it's been like in the teens at some points, like 14 degrees, 18 degrees in that range. Well, you know, it's 24, feels like 14, that bullshit. It's like, if it feels, whatever it feels like, that's what it is. Like, you can't just say, I felt like there was a dick in my ass. It's like, but there wasn't, you know. Um, (laughs) Imagine going to the police and be like, hey, I felt like when I was sleeping last night, my wife put a strap on and fucked my ass. And be like, well, that's what it felt like, but is that what happened? And you're like. Yeah, good point. Um, <laughs> uh, these absurd creations in my head. These big fears. 
I have. Um, that's why you sleep on your back. So if anything, they just cut it off. Um, <laughs> would you? Or what would you? Would you be more afraid of if you had a crazy ass girlfriend or a crazy ass woman in your life, and you were at fear of if you did X, Y, and Z, she might resort to X, Y, and Z. Would you be afraid of getting your dick cut off? Or would you be afraid of her tying you up and just torturing you, putting stuff in your ass? You can't do nothing about it. These aren't the things I think about. But I know what the world. I have a good pulse on America. Um, <laughs> uh, or, you know, she'll just call her cartel stepbrother. And next thing you know, pow, pow. Equalizer. Um, ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. But yeah, you know, um, I forgot what I was talking about. Yeah, it's cold. It's real cold. Um, <laughs> and you know what's weird? Like, it's been cold for like five, six days where it's been like that extreme cold. And like, it'll be like for two days, it'll be really cold. The next day, it's like kind of somewhat normal. Then it's back to 12 degrees. And then it's like the next morning is like 45. It's like, all right, this is kind of. But the thing is, is like now when it gets back down, like it's 18, 20 degrees, it feels so much warmer than like a week ago when it felt like 18, 20 degrees. And I guess like your body just adapts like, like it's so cold. Like you still need to put jags on shit, but like your hands aren't like crittering. They're not jittering. Like you're not like completely like you're bones aren't getting numb they're nimble you know it's like the little things like man you know i could live in alaska you know i could live in montana you know those type of places and you realize yeah i probably couldn't but you know it's a thought um (laughs) oh god but yeah, it may be cold, but I won't fold. Now she's bold. What I've been told when I hold her fingers into my belly button. She be smelling and I'm like, damn, it's funky. Um, <laughs> she says it smells like a dead skunk. I said that's what you get with being with a hunk, hunk, hunk. Pull over, bitch. All right. I don't know what I'm doing now. All right. I'm going to wrap it up. Please wrap it up. All right. That was episode 256 of the Off and Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most poor ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. God, I got a shit. Um, <laughs> that's why I'm in this pod like nine minutes early. Sometimes the God honest truth to why we cut podcasts early is not appetizing. But hey, but yeah, um, but yeah, have a great day, night, morning, evening. Be safe out there and uh, check out Magic Mind. It's a good product. Me me.